Now, whether you call it soda or pop, Mexicans and Americans are the two populations that consume the majority of soft drinks on the planet. Let's talk numbers. On average, every year, a typical Mexican or an American drinks 630 8-ounce glasses of soft drinks. This is almost two glasses every single day. Hmm, I think I have some catching up to do. Multiply it by millions of people living in these two countries. And then there's the rest of the world that drinks soda too. So yeah, there's a very high demand, and the soft drink business is a very successful one. The story of soft drinks starts back in 17th century France. Ooh la la! In 1676, a company started to produce water mixed with lemon juice and honey. Just five years later, some entrepreneurs figured that they could fill this water with gas, imitating healthy mineral waters. These drinks were very popular. And with time, manufacturers started to add other flavorings – ginger, lemon, and tonic. And now, we have this huge variety of different soft drinks. Just in the US market, there are over 450 different soft drinks available. Now, hop in. I'll tell you how soft drinks are made. Oh, by the way, have you noticed that canned and bottled soda taste different? I've got the answer to that, too. Now, generally, there are just three ingredients to any soft drink – water, sugar syrup, and carbon dioxide. The difference between soft drinks lies in the syrup, in its ingredients and proportions. There are different types of sugar used in the production. One is fructose, and it basically means fruit sugar. Many vegetables, fruits, and honey contain it naturally, but it can also be produced specifically for commercial use by growing sugarcane, sugar beets, and corn. These products are especially rich in fructose. Another common type of sugar used in soft drinks is sucrose. Now, sucrose is a fancy scientific name for the sugar we all know. It's made of one molecule of fructose and one molecule of glucose. To make a syrup, a manufacturer combines different sugars, acids, flavorings, and colorings in some unique proportion that only they know about. Shh, it's a secret. Overall, sugar makes up about 7-12% of a soft drink. It doesn't sound like much, but it is. A regular can of soda contains about 8 teaspoons of sugar. Given that the average American consumes almost 2 cans every day, this means 16 teaspoons of sugar daily. This can lead to obesity, tooth decay, and many other health problems. So the main problem with a soft drink is the sugar. These days, there are many sugar-free soft drinks. What makes them sweet? Artificial sweeteners. The first diet soft drinks appeared in the 1950s. They targeted people with health problems. Now, they're way more popular. These drinks are as sweet as regular soft drinks, but they're free of sugar or calories. Still, scientists claim that even though there's no sugar in these drinks, it doesn't make them much healthier. Now, let's get back to the recipe. So, we need water, sugar syrup, and some carbon dioxide. More than 90% of soft drink is water. It has to be thoroughly purified to make sure it doesn't contain bacteria and suspended particles. Ew. High-quality water is the key to success, because any bacteria can totally mess up the flavor of the final drink. So the water gets clarified, filtered, sterilized, and dechlorinated. Then it's mixed up with the syrup in certain proportions, again, known only to the manufacturer and nobody else. So here's the soft drink, but without bubbles yet. For now, it's just really, really sweet water. If you ever tried a soft drink after all the gas has already escaped, otherwise known as flat, then you know. So to get the bubbles, the manufacturers use carbon dioxide. 
It's a colorless gas that naturally occurs in our atmosphere. This gas can also be produced in a lab, and manufacturers use it for their drinks. The sweetened colored drink goes into a carbonator, a pressurized tank that adds carbon dioxide to the drink, giving it those bubbles and sparkles. Then the liquid gets poured into a can or a bottle. Let me show you something. Look, this aluminum disc is actually a future can. This is all the material that is needed to make one. The aluminum is placed between two donut-shaped discs with a hole in the middle. Then a cylindrical punch presses it down, turning the disc into a little cup. This cup is a bit larger in diameter than needed, so a punch of a smaller size presses the cup through another drawing die. The cup now has a smaller diameter, and it's already a bit higher, but not high enough. During the third stage, another punch pushes the cup through an ironing ring, making the cup's walls even thinner and taller. Next, a dome is made at the bottom of the cup. The punch pushes the cup into a doming tool, and the punch itself has a matching concave indentation. So when pressed, the cup's bottom gets shaped like a dome. Such a shape is extremely important, because this way, the can becomes more resistant to pressure. And soft drinks have a lot of inner pressure because of those bubbles. Well, the can is ready. All that is left to do is to cut it even, print the logo, and cover it with a top. Now, a plastic bottle is made of plastic flakes called PET, or P-E-T. They're usually mixed with some recycled plastic. This mixture goes into an injection machine that heats it and melts the flakes into a thick liquid. Then another machine pushes the liquid into a mold of a cylindrical shape, equipped with a cooling system, and the preforms harden immediately. You get transparent plastic tubes. Then the preforms are inserted into a mold that has the shape of a future bottle. And a special machine blows air at high pressure to stretch the preform into the needed shape. Then the plastic gets cool to lock the shape in. Soft drinks have internal pressure, so once the bottle is filled, the liquid will push the plastic outward, making the bottom a bit curved and unstable. That's why most plastic bottles that contain soft drinks have five bumps at the bottom. Curved plastic is more resistant to any kind of pressure and can hardly be deformed. Glass bottles are made of natural raw materials. The main component is silica sand, which makes up a bit more than 70% of the mixture. Then another 12-16% to is soda ash. It's needed to make the silica sand melt evenly. Then limestone. It makes up around 10% of the mixture and helps to make the glass more durable. Now, to make a glass bottle, factory equipment first mixes all the needed raw materials, then heats the mixture up to a temperature of 2,730 degrees Fahrenheit and keeps it this way all day long. When these ingredients melt together, they turn into a gooey liquid that is poured out of the machine. Then it gets cut into precise pieces. One piece, one glass bottle. Then each piece goes into the first mold that turns it into a parison, a partially formed version of the final product. After that, each parison goes into a blow mold made of steel. There, the parison gets heated again, and the equipment blows compressed air inside, stretching the glass to its final shape. Now, the bottle is almost ready. It travels through fire on the way out. Gradually, the machine cools the bottle down, and it's ready to be used. Before getting filled with soda, the bottle has to be clean, even if it's just been made. There's a big machine that grabs each bottle, turns it upside down, and rinses it with water. Then the bottle is taken further to be filled. It's all done to make sure that all the bottles are absolutely clean and there are no bacteria that could mess up the drink's flavor. 
Finally, the bottles get filled with the drink, capped, and ready to travel to stores. Now, back to the answer to our main question. Why does canned soda taste different than a bottled one? The key is in the material that is used to produce cans and bottles. A can is made of aluminum and has a polymer lining. This lining can absorb some of the soda's flavor, changing it a little bit. Also, some people are just taste-sensitive and can feel the metallic aftertaste when drinking from a can. That's not your soda, it's how the can you touch with your lips tastes. So, if the metallic taste bothers you, just pour your soda into a glass. The soda that is stored in a plastic bottle can taste a bit different, too. The problem here is that the plastic contains a chemical compound called ethanol. It's transferred from the bottle to the drink, which changes its flavor just a little bit. So, if you want to drink soda that is the closest to the original taste, your best option is to opt for a drink in a glass bottle.